0: The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts.
1: Before there was radio, TV, or podcasts, people gathered together to tell stories. These stories were meant to entertain or educate. It really drew people in and helped them forget their troubles of the day and experience something they've never imagined before or maybe illustrated something in a way that was more easily to mentally digest. This tradition has been reborn in the forms of not only RPGs and LARPs, but in console, card, and board games as ways to tell a story and bring you into the tale. We're gonna be talking about news, Kickstarters of games you should be aware of, and interview a guest about a topic that involves some aspect of storytelling. We welcome you to the Adventure Party. Hello and welcome to the 34th gathering of the Adventure Party on this, the 13th of December. I am your party leader, Brad Ludwig. We ask that you peace tie your swords, holster your blasters, and make sure you take your vitamin C while you are gathered at the meeting table. Glenn and I uh, haven't done a show (laughs) regularly for the past uh, few weeks because the uh, illness fairy has uh, visited both of our domiciles. And uh, I think now we're, uh, I'm over what I had. And uh, it sounds like you're on the mend, Glenn. Is that, uh, is that accurate? Yes. <laughs> a man of few words. One of the things I love about you, Glenn. Uh, so today, we are uh, doing a show today this is really Glenn's idea, and I'm not saying that to, to place blame on him, because there's no blame to be had here. Why? Because Star Wars is about to premiere. Unless you live under a rock, uh, you would know that. And uh, just today, I saw the, uh, the new trailer for the upcoming Independence Day film, Independence Day Resurgence. And Glenn thought, hey we should talk about some of our favorite space games. And with, you know, Christmas coming up, it's not a bad thing to talk about. So we've got a pretty decent list, I would say, of uh, space-based board games. One that I was surprised to see on the list um, from you, Glenn. All right. (laughs) So uh, we'll we'll get into that in just a little bit. Uh, I've been speaking about him And uh, he is the second-in-command here at the Adventure Party. He is Glenn Bittner. He is a movie reviewer on his uh, YouTube show, The B-Movie Bunker, and he is the creator of the RPG Mistrunner. How are you?
0: Brad, I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate.
1: What does that make us?
0: Absolutely nothing.
1: (laughs) Ah... That movie. That movie. Yep.
0: It's been getting a lot of hate lately, actually. Really? Yeah, with the new Star Wars coming out, there's people who are coming out, basically stating how, I never liked the, I never liked Spaceballs. It wasn't funny at all. I'm like, yeah, whatever.
1: Pack of jackasses is what that is. (laughs) Pack of jackasses. So, for those of you who may uh, be tuning into us for the first time, uh, our Typical uh, meetings go with a uh, round table kind of uh, format. We do a game review, game news, and uh, then we uh, jump into our discussion. So with that, we are going to head into our review of the day, Glenn. And you are reviewing... Now, this is the newest update to this game? Yes. Yes okay tell us what is this game
0: this game is star wars armada from fantasy flight games um this is so i don't know now how long ago it was six or seven years six years ago now five six uh ffg released x-wing which is a miniature fighting game where you get to basically do the dog fighting in star wars universe tie fighters versus x-wings and whatnot armada takes it to the level of fleet battles. We actually have the big capital ships. You get to have actual uh, squadrons of fighters all battling it out for supremacy in space. Um, it's really, really cool. I like it a lot. Um, I've always had a fondness for for space battle games, uh, particularly when our friend Randy, Dr. Randy Wolfmeyer, runs his Full Thrust games uh, when I play them. This is... Obviously, not to the uh, level of detail that some uh, space miniature games are, but it does a good job of getting across the feel of being in a space battle in Star Wars. Um, obviously, you can play as either the Imperial Navy or as the Rebel Alliance. The starter set actually comes with all you need to play. I mean, it's, it's, it's a pricey game. It starts at 90 bucks, but with, for that 90 bucks, you are getting, uh, as far as the Empire goes, you're getting a uh, Gladiator class destroyer. You're getting a victory class star destroyer uh, and a bunch of TIE fighters and the uh, Rebels get um, it's an assault frigate they get uh, the Corellian Corvette Which was if you remember that's Princess Leia ship from the first movie and a bunch of X-Wings and they have uh, Expansions now they're on wave two of the expansions you can get an actual Imperial star destroyer They've got a Imperial fighter pack, which throws in TIE bombers and TIE interceptors, the Rebel fighter pack, which gives you B wings and A wings and Y wings and other, other ships that you get to add in, you know, big ships as well. Um, it plays pretty interestingly. So you have, uh, you have your big ships, which actually have what's called a command stack. So depending on the, on the ship it determines how quickly they can call out orders. So you basically have kind of for some of the ships, the bigger ships, you have to plan ahead a bit of what you're going to do, based on where you think you're going to be. Because There's a lot going on, you know, with a freaking star destroyer. You got, you know, how many, how many knuckleheads running around on that thing, you know, that you have to relay orders to, and they don't turn on a dime. So you have to decide, okay, do I think I'm in range this turn? If so, then I might want to do concentrated fire as my as my main command, or I might want to do a maneuver command, thinking I might have to, you know, I might end up where I don't want to be. I want to maneuver out of that situation. So sometimes it works in your favor. Sometimes you guess wrong and you do concentrated fire and oh look, there's nothing for me to shoot at. So I wasted that command. Um, And then the fighters just get to zip around all over the board. Uh, They they really do work well as a screen for some of your larger ships um, because they get in the way. That's what they do, that's what they're there for. They're not, (laughs) in general, the fighters aren't made to take out the big ships. Fighters are meant to protect your bigger ships. Um, you might do a little damage with your fighters. Generally, um, some of your bigger fighters, like B-Wings, B-Wings can do some damage. That's what they're made for. They're big, heavy fighters. Um, but I just, first of all, you get really well-made minis. Um, FFG, first of all, they don't make ugly games. They don't. No, they, make they don't. make very pretty games. And what they do with X-Wing was great, and that's carried over into Armada. You get some very nice-looking ships um and it's just a lot of fun and i I've, I've seen people who have painted up all their different fighter squadrons you know to in the colors they want and it's just super super fun it is a little lengthy it is about a two-hour game okay um depending on how many points you do because it's all based on points every ship and then you get different upgrades for your ships you can buy so you can have specific commanders and captains and you know stuff like that on your fighters uh you can have specific pilots or upgrades So there's little ways you can customize your fleet. It's not just, not every Imperial fleet that runs a Star Destroyer and some TIE fighters can be the same because you might have a different captain. You might have a different uh, leader of your fighter squadron. There's all these different things you can throw in. You can throw in Darth Vader. They just released a pack where you can have, now you can run with uh, Slave One and the William Falcon and all those things too they added in. The rogues, rogues, uh, I think they call it or something like that. Huh. The newest one, so yeah, you get all those, all those, those you know, not really fighters, but they're nowhere near the size of a Death Star, sure, yeah, or a uh, Star Destroyer. I mean, so it's really cool.
1: Wow, yeah, we're just uh, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we're flipping through some of the images that uh, boardgamegeek.com has for this particular game, so uh. Now I'm used to uh, playing X-wing. Okay. And obviously the scale is a bit different between Armada and X-wing. Am I? Oh yeah,
0: yeah. Oh yeah, way different. Uh, the fighters um, are an individual ship is maybe the size of my pinky nail. Okay. Um, and you'll have a squadron will be three ships. On a little stand, so, and that whole that whole squadron is smaller than an X-wing ship is in the X-wing game.
1: Yeah, we were just. Uh, oh, here we go. I uh, got a picture here of a squad of three X-wings yep. per stand here.
0: Yeah, the stand is probably a. They're round on the fighters, and it's got this nifty thing. If you can see in the picture, there's a little red tab on the side. Yeah. That pushes through and it's blue on the other side so that you can indicate which fighter squadrons have gone.
1: Oh so
0: you can identify because when you get a lot of fighters out there, it's tough to remember which one's already activated, which one's already
1: shot. Sure. You push that
0: tab through you know what you know what they've done.
1: Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Fantasy flight games does not (laughs) does not fuck around when they make a game.
0: No, they Uh, don't.
1: And uh uh, I think Rob Benton got me into playing Wings of War with him. And then X-Wing came out and uh, he spent ridiculous amounts of <laughs> money uh, for that. But, oh, good Lord. The, the figures are just so, so beautiful, so spot on. And looking at these images here, um, they did it again uh, and yeah. made an, another excellent product. That's very cool you said a core a core pack to get you started is about 90
0: about 90.
1: okay okay. I and mean I'll uh, be
0: honest you can find it cheaper online 90 is what the uh, MSRP is.
1: Sure yep. So you know you want to want to support your local game shop as much you, as you can so <clears throat> there you go. Uh, do you have you been playing a lot of that at the board game barrister?
0: I haven't played a lot of it yet. Um, I've played uh, about six games so far. Okay. Um, partly because there's not as many people playing it as there are X-Wing, um, and the fact that it's a two two to three hour time yeah. commitment is yeah. harder to get together for a game. Um, sure. But yeah, I've I've run I've run six times and uh, some have gone well, some have not. Um, <laughs> I had I had a whole bunch of B-Wings that just ripped apart a Star Destroyer they got behind it and just blasted the heck out of it. <laughs> um, but I've also had my fleets just ripped apart by, by the Imperials. I haven't sure. played the Empire. I've only played Rebels so far. But I just picked up the Imperial Star Destroyer, so I'm looking to test that bad boy out.
1: Nice. Very nice. All right. So, if you have a a loved one or friend or someone that you are comfortable dropping $90 on this (laughs) Christmas, uh, Star Wars Armada might, might be a good game to get them. So, all right. Thank you, Glenn. Speaking of fantasy flight games, they have Uh, the rights to do the RPG as well. And they have put out a source book called Special Modifications. This is Star Wars Edge of the Empire. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that. This is from uh, FantasyFlightGames.com's website. From hyperdrive and ion cannons to protocol droids and medical devices, technicians keep the Star Wars galaxy running. These creative, resourceful individuals are willing to work hard and get their hands dirty in physically and mentally demanding tasks. It is high time that technicians get some new tools for their trade. Therefore, we are proud to announce the upcoming release of Special Modifications, a technician's sourcebook, for the Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing game. Special Modifications brings new specializations and signature abilities to the technician career. Its 96 full-color pages also include new playable species and copious amounts of gear, including cybernetics, slicing tools, construction tools, and remotes. Finally, the book contains detailed guidelines for crafting devices, weapons, and droids of your own invention, as well as new slicing actions and expanded rules for running slicing encounters in your role-playing adventures. Most technicians are naturally gifted. They don't need an instruction manual or advanced education to figure out how to make things work. As I recall, Chewbacca was a technician. Uh, They can simply look at a mechanical problem and intuit how to solve it or look at a set of components and instinctively perceive how to fit them together. The technician specializations of core rulebook, mechanic, outlaw, tech, and slicer encourage this kind of innate broad technical aptitude. Those of special modifications are more highly specialized. A cyber tech unites mechanics and medicine in order to enhance biological bodies through cybernetics whether that means crafting the cybernetic body parts or surgically implanting and connecting it droid techs focus on creating and maintaining sentient machines from service patch remotes with simple programming to canny headstrong astromechs modders are more versatile uh, but most interested in relentless repairing, adjusting, customizing, and optimizing the technology around them. Technicians tend to be fond of their tools and their toys, so special modifications is chock full of new gear, vehicles, and attachments for them to play with and share with the rest of the team. Outlaw techs and slicers, along with smugglers or bounty hunters, may want cloaking coats, which hinders scanners and electronic devices from perceiving their presence. Slicers may also want to invest in a few data spikes which make disabling security programs much easier. Cybertechs might be interested in implanting a neural recorder either in themselves or an ally which gives the owner as close as a sentient being can get to a perfect memory. An intelligent toolbox, which can respond to verbal commands, could uh, simplify life for mechanics or gadgeteers, who often have their hands full. And finally, uh, the Edge of the Empire core rulebook handles a huge variety of crafting, tinkering, repairing, and manufacturing tasks by simply calling for the mechanics check and letting the results of that single check shape the narrative. Special Modifications at Last offers the detailed guidelines for making weapons, droids, cybernetics, and other devices, including ways to send, uh, spend sorry, dice results that affect both process and the final product. Weapon and device crafting involves choosing a template, procuring materials, and finally, construction. To build, uh, to build a droid, you'll first select a chassis, which determines the droid's basic characteristics, then you'll program the directives that shape its talents and skills, and finally you'll determine the sentient machine's quirky personality traits. Since technicians often earn a living from their trade, you'll also learn about determining how much a handcrafted item might sell for and how much a mechanic should get paid. Special modifications will be available in the first quarter of 2016, so around February, March. So there you go. If you uh, if you are into the uh, RPG of Star Wars, this may be for you. Now, have you played the new Star Wars RPG at all?
0: Uh, a little bit, not okay. not much, uh, but almost entire staff plays it every they're playing it right now actually at the store
1: okay and when uh, when
0: i left work they were playing
1: (laughs) and their overall review of the system is it uh pretty they love it okay
0: um i do know um the thing is is there's there's a lot going on in it because you have there's edge of the empire there's uh there's there's several different actual places you can start on. There's rebellion. Uh, there's one other one. So it's not just simply one game. There's different ones that you can get into depending on where, what type of game you want to play. So there's a bit more going on. But it's there's it's a lot of cool stuff out for it. The only uh, criticism I've heard from it is the fact that it it uses its own dice because it has all these weird all these special symbols on it, so you have to have their dice or some kind of you know code to translate your regular d eights into its code.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. And does this have the mechanic of the force die <laughs> the force die? I don't, I don't I don't that...
0: remember if it does. God, I love that in the original D six.
1: Yeah, wasn't that the
0: fourth point? I uh, I that blew was up a imperial West- uh, not a not a big star destroyer, but like a like a Corvette, because I used my force. I shot and blew it up.
1: Nice, yeah. I uh, that was West End Games, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember playing a scout, and a je- botching something, spending a force point to not get somebody killed and somehow ejecting an astromech droid and taking out another ship accidentally, it was just, it was a complete, it, it shouldn't have happened, but it did. <laughs> um,
0: well, the D6 Star Wars was the game where we felt you couldn't die. Our friend Bob always ended up very poorly, but he would always end up in a back cave at the end. I'd be fine by the time the next adventure rolled around. I'm <laughs> finally my friend Brad, not not you, Brad, because you'd remember this if it was you. Um, yes. my other friend Brad goes, you know, you can't die in this game. And the GM Tim is like, Yeah, you can. He's like, No, you can't. He's like, I'm gonna, I arm my thermal detonator and I sit on it. <laughs> he rolls he rolls out the damage and he survived and just went in the back to tank and it was fine the next time we played. <laughs>
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That um, it kind of stinks when you play a game like that. I mean, nobody wants their character to die, but it's one of those things where when you remove that element of danger, you start doing crazy things that shouldn't work, yet they just do because of the nature of the game and things can get out of hand for a GM pretty quickly. So, yeah, kind of interesting. All right. Well, we got more material for Fantasy Flight Games' uh, Star Wars system and uh, an overall decent review from from Glenn's crew there at the Board Game Barrister. So, all right. Uh, Next up here is our Kickstarter Spotlight. And last time out, we... You actually uh, picked a game called Role Player, the dice game that builds character. And that was the purpose of the game. The game is about building a character. Yep. And uh, it was... Successful. It was successful. So we are done. We continue. You can pre-order now. If yes. you go to their Kickstarter page, so yes, it was successful. We've continued our uh, wonderful run of uh, letting people know about stuff that uh, has been successfully backed. So yay us! <clears throat> um, and uh, just uh, just refresh our memories because it's been a little while uh, yes. since we've done this show.
0: So role player, what you're doing is you are basically building a character, as Brad said you're going to have a little, basically, stat sheet that has your strength, dexterity, con, intelligence, wisdom, and you'll be assigning three dice to each of those stats. Now, there are specific areas where if you hit the right color die in a specific slot, you get a bonus. You'll also have a class, for example, like you'd be a warrior, you'll get a bonus if you have bonus points if you have a strength of 18. Um, And you'll have a bonus, you know, like if you get a high uh, 17 constitution, Stuff like that, you get extra bonuses for bonus points. You can also collect equipment um, and skills as well, which will both help you get points or help you in building your character. It's a pretty cool little game. I've, I've played it uh, since its early early days when it was like all on like uh, note notebook paper. So, um, <laughs> so I've been playing playing with this one since the beginning. And the guy who made it, Keith, is a pretty cool guy. This is actually the second. Uh, I think this is the second time I've talked about Keith because i talked about a game of his before called Bullfrogs yep. that he did. So he is he's already successfully done one Kickstarter and and brought the game out, and this is his second one now, and it's it's a pretty cool game.
1: nice. yeah, when uh, <clears throat> in the previous show where we talked about this, uh, we went through things pretty pretty carefully, and they had a lot of stretch goals which they they unlocked a lot of stuff the yeah. additional alignment cards, additional backstory cards, additional race character sheet uh, yeah, the core game that we first talked about was radically enhanced by all the stretch goals they smashed through. Uh, they ended up backing well over, Let's see, it it got uh, 50,859 and 974 backers. So, yeah, that's a big deal and uh, that's really cool. We should try to get Keith on the show sometime.
0: I I should do that.
1: (laughs) I wasn't actually trying to drop a hint, but uh, now I am. So yeah, if you can if you can get Keith on the show, that would be awesome. Love to talk about his game. Um all right, and our new pick, and uh, I feel kind of bad about picking this, but a, a couple of reasons why I picked it. <clears throat> One,, uh, we did a new story about a month ago where we talked about uh the white wolf properties were. Were bought up by another company, and there were a lot of questions because uh, the the property is was going to be going to a company that does a lot of comp, uh, the computer gaming stuff. So they were looking to take that uh, that that property. And focus a little bit more on, on computer games and getting some of that stuff going. So there were a lot of questions about if they were taking over the rights to the White Wolf properties, what would happen with the relationship that Onyx Path had with uh, with White Wolf. And if you remember before, I talked about Onyx Path and getting the hunters hunted to... Uh, it's an update to the... It was an update to the 1991 release of The Hunters Hunted for old-school White Wolf Vampire. And Onyx Path continued to put up uh, 20th anniversary editions of the different games. They did uh, Mage *Mage: the Ascension, Vampire Werewolf, and they're doing more. So this answers the question as to what standing onyx path has with the white wolf properties and like i was saying i felt a little bad picking this because their their goal was fifty thousand dollars and with 29 days to go they're at 179 (laughs) thousand twenty nine dollars so yeah this is happening in a huge way i wasn't a big fan of of the changeling Portion of the White Wolf universe. But they have a lot of add ons for this. Um, looking through here and seeing if I can come up with. There we go. So, some of the additional add ons you can get uh, the Immortal Eyes Trilogy collection for an additional $10. Uh, these were some uh, supplements for the. Uh, for the game as PDFs for $20 book of lost houses Uh, for $30 you can get an additional PDF copy and uh, and so on $160 every classic changeling PDF available so that's all the different source books and everything available in PDF form if you were to add on another $160 to your your pledge to this now this is due to be released December of 2016, so you're going to have to wait a year if you back this. Uh, but like I said, it's happening. <sighs> they're they're at uh, what three over 300 percent backed at this point, so it's a thing, it's a deal. Cool. And if you if you're into the more the Fae side of the street in the White Wolf universe, this is probably for you. It's not for me, but who am I? Uh, I I know some folks that were big into Changeling. So uh, this would be very good news for them. I'm waiting for 20th anniversary, 20th anniversary Wraith. That I want to see happen. So, and you can check out theonyxpath.com and you can check out some of the other stuff that they've done. And uh, um, it's just such a wonderful thing that they, are able to continue on and update the material that, for those of us that knew and loved White Wolf in the 90s and early 2000s, they're, they're breathing new life into this. So that's kind of cool. So you can back this project. Uh, at the $10 level, you can get a lovely digital wallpaper. <laughs> uh, 15 bucks. Uh, gets you PDFs of the classic three-part Immortal Eyes. The beautiful electronic wallpaper. And your character's name will be listed on the credits page. Eh. Uh, $25, bucks, you will get the PDFs of the house supplements. $35, you will get a copy of Changeling the Dreaming 20th Anniversary PDF. There you go. $35 gets you a digital copy of the book. Now, I don't... I don't know about you, but I would love to get a hard-covered version of this. And, boy, looking at this, they only offer it in PDF. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hang on. Yeah, 100 and. 110 gets you a physical copy. Uh, Let's see what else.
0: Yeah. I just wanted for all the data releasing art that'll be in it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not until you hit the $110 level that you get a physical printed copy of the book and the PDF. Um, You get the option to get the print on demand physical book. As close to cost as we can give you. Uh, The beautiful wallpaper. (laughs) Wow, 110. Well, you know, if you love something enough, there's. Holy sh. Okay. If you back at the $110 level, June of 2017 is when you will see that. So, you'll be waiting a little bit for the physical copy of the book. Um, You know, quite honestly, I think I might have mentioned this in a previous show. Um, When I got the Hunters Hunted 2, I went to a a copy place and basically got it all printed up and got it bound. And it cost as much as like a normal (laughs) gaming book, Uh, but at least I had a physical copy. I don't know what it is about, and we've talked about this before, just having a physical copy to hold in my hand, just I'm I'm comfortable with that. And it's not that I, I hate the, I don't hate the new technologies. Uh, it just, I don't know. For some reason, I have a harder time flipping through and finding stuff. Um, you know, I was using like on a Kindle. They didn't really have a, a good way to do a find uh, in, in the Kindle when I was using it. So, and maybe I was doing it wrong. That's, that could happen too. So anyways, if you're into Changeling, if you're into White Wolf, if you drop 35 bucks, you are well on your way to getting updated material from Onyx Path, who does a great job updating the material. So, um, wouldn't would not be a waste of money if changeling is your thing. So what, what white wolf products did you play besides the LARP?
0: Um I did play some uh vampire and some werewolf. Okay. Um I played a little bit of Scion back in the day. Mm, okay. When, when that initially came out, um, and I've dabbled a bit in uh, changeling um, and mage, I did a little bit of mage as well. Okay. But I never played a lot of it. Yeah. I was never a real big uh, white wolf player.
1: Okay. Yeah, for me. I it wasn't
0: was... cool or emo enough, either, <laughs> either of those. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for me it was was vampire and werewolf. They were the big they were the big ones after I discovered that there was stuff other than D&D, so all right. Well, we are going to move on to our discussion of space-based games that we like to play or have played and enjoyed. Maybe we don't play it on a regular basis. The first one I put on the list is Battlestar Galactica. Now, the interesting thing about the Battlestar Galactica game is not just that they put out multiple expansions for it, but the gameplay itself. For those of you who have played uh, Mists of Avalon, which is a fun game to play, When you play, you randomly select who the traitor is. And there is a mechanic in Mists of Avalon where if you see one of the knights of the round table screwing around and and shooting things in the foot, you can take your turn and say, okay, you're the traitor, and pull them out of play. Now, Battlestar Galactica by nature of of the show, some people are Cylons. So there is a Cylon trader on Battlestar Galactica. And there are all sorts of shenanigans that can go on in that game. Now, I haven't played any of the expansions, um, but I want to throw this to you, Glenn. Have you played Battlestar Galactica 1? I have kind of played Battlestar Galactica. How does one kind of play?
0: I have never played a game from start to finish. Ah, okay. I have started a game that did not finish and I took over for someone halfway through a game that did finish. Gotcha. <laughs> so I have wh- watched it play probably seven or eight
1: times. So <laughs> I know the game pretty well. So uh, what are your thoughts on the game? It's cool. Um, I think
0: Dead of Winter is has taken the premise of Belfast Iron and improved it. Okay. So, um, I have found, watching, when I've watched it played, I have found that uh, it usually goes one of two ways. The uh, people who are not silent, so the, the humans in it, just own and wreck face and win easily. Or the Cylons take over almost immediately and there's nothing the humans can do the rest of the game to do anything. There's, I have not seen, and I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but I have not seen a game where the winner was in doubt by the halfway point. It was pretty much just a, well, now we just got to finish the game to finish the game. And it was pretty much already known who was going to win.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So... <clears throat> but as I said, that's my personal experience with it. Others may vary.
1: Alright. Yeah, and like I said, I've... And when I played it, I played it maybe six or seven years ago. I do remember, one, I enjoyed it. Two, it took a while to play. um, But I know that the last time I went into a game store, I got to see all the different expansions that they had for it. So, you have lots of opportunities to change, change things up in the game. So that's usually a, a true test of a really good game. Is you know, do they have a lot of expansions for it so that you can breathe new life into it, and you're not you're increasing the replayability of the game. So that's always a good thing. Uh, what uh, what's your pick? My pick.
0: Well, one of my picks would be Magblast.
1: Magblast.
0: Mag have you ever have you ever heard of it? Or no. seen it? Magblast is a little card game where you are building your little fleets of ships to blow up everyone else's fleets of ships. Um, the game itself is okay. It's not a fantastic game, but it's a fun game. And the reason why it's fun is because it's silly. Because if I'm going to shoot you with my ships, I can't just say I'm shooting Brad with this ship. I have to go, I'm shooting Brad with this ship. Pew, pew, pew! You have to make sounds for the lasers. Otherwise, they don't work. If you don't make the sound, it doesn't happen. So, it's just a bunch of grown people sitting around making all these laser sounds. Because it's the only way your weapons will work. It's in the room. (laughs) you have to make the sound.
1: <laughs> pew, pew, pew. I like that. I
0: and really I like use that. it as a judge for some people uh, to see what I know I can get away with with them because if they can't play this game and make a little laser sounds, I know a lot of other games I just won't want to play with them. I'm <laughs> uh, not saying it makes them a bad person. It just means they have narrowed down the games that I will willingly play with them because I know that they are they aren't, they aren't comfortable enough uh, being loud and silly. And for some people that's just not, you know, it's not saying that, that they're wrong for not getting loud and silly. Some people just aren't like that. So now sure. I know, all right, this person's, you know, maybe more of an introvert and doesn't like doing that. So now I know I won't play this with them and some other games. I won't bring to the table because I know it's not for them. So this is a kind of a, a weed out game for, we eh, weed out's really the wrong word. Cause like, I won't play games with, the, with these people. It's just, I know which games I won't play with them.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: <clears throat> that's got art by uh, John Kavalik.
1: Oh, there you go. See. So,
0: which you know, that's 80% of the games made today. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it doesn't if it doesn't have serious art, odds are John Kavalik did the art for it.
1: <laughs> All right. The next the next one I'm going to throw out is uh, is a game I played, good lord, when I was a sophomore in high school. So, I'll say the summer of 85 or 86 is the last time I played it. And there's a reason for it. <clears throat> First off, the game is Starfleet Battles. Now, if you want to play a game that promises you that you're going to have the Star Trek experience, but you also love accountancy at a level that is (laughs) truly insane, um, this game is for you. Uh, We spent basically... It was, we would get together every Saturday and we would play. And the thought was, over the course of the summer, we would finish a battle. So, um, you think three months and there's four Saturdays a month. So, in 12 gatherings for six hours a gathering... That's a lot of time that you're committing to a game. And now I've been told that they've kind of revamped Starfleet Battles a little bit, and it's supposedly better. Um, But why does it take so long? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, (laughs) Each of your ships, each round, you need to take the amount of power that you have available and you need to plan at the beginning of each turn how much power you're going to allocate to shields how much power you're going to allocate to weapons how much power you're going to allocate to life support how much power you're going to uh, allocate to movement and then you need to plan out uh, if you actually engage in battle what uh, weapons? So if you have uh, phaser arrays and uh, photon torpedoes, or disruptors. If you're playing uh, Romulan or Klingon, uh, you know. Uh, I played Zinti, the cat species of the of the Star Trek universe. Uh, so you have to. Say okay, I've got you know three phasers here, you know left side one, two, and three. I've got phasers uh, right side one, two, and three. And it's just like uh, it's it's so much math and accountancy that to me I couldn't really I couldn't really enjoy the game. So I kind of stopped attending. I think after the the first month. I just, that's way too much time to dedicate to a thing. Um, <laughs> and there were six of us playing. So you know, you had the Federation, you had the Klingons, you had the Romulans, you had the Zinti, you had the Tholians. Uh, I can't remember who the other sixth and final race was, but it was just, it was ridiculous. And each one of us had three ships. So you had to do the accountancy of Three ships times six people, and it just whoa! It took a long time. So, if you want to play a game <clears throat> like this, uh, it might be best to do a computer version of it, because I think a computerized version of Starfleet Battles does exist. Um, or if you're into you know pushing a lot of numbers, maybe this is the game for you. But uh, definitely, even though I'm not a big fan of it, it is a space-based game, and uh, some people dig it. So I figured I would put it on our list. So on the opposite side of the street, we have Star Trek. It looks like you have a Star Wars
0: game. I do have a Star Wars game. We've already talked about it. X-Wing. It is Star Wars uh, dogfighting. You get to pilot your X-Wing or your B-Wing against uh, TIE Fighters and uh, Slave One. and you get the Millennium Falcon in there and all that kind of stuff. and It's great fun zipping around. It plays fast. Um, it's kind of unique. Well, not super unique. It's, it's based off of kind of a uh, kind of degree off the old Wings of War, but it has an interesting way of, of maneuvering where you have a little dial that you turn uh, to show how you're moving your ship. And you do that for all your ships your in little, your little squad. You play them all face down, your opponent does the same, and then you reveal them, so then you move your ships based on that. So you're planning your moves ahead of time, and then you shoot after you've, uh, after you've moved. And it's interesting because it does a uh, – when you're maneuvering the ships, you go by uh, worst pilot moves first, and then when you are firing ships, it's best pilot fires first, which I like. So um, you, you can have a little bit of reaction as a better pilot when someone does something, like someone moves a specific way, now they're not in your range, and I'm in a tie fighter, I can do a barrel roll at the end of my maneuver then, which I can tack on to what I have on my dial. So it's a little extra I can add, um, which is kind of nice. Um, and I like, I like the, the way you can customize your little squads as well, um, which in some ways for the casual gamer um, can be a bit daunting. Uh, there's a lot of what's what you would call metagaming in X-wing, where there is you know all the ways to build the absolute best possible, you know combinations where you can kind of in a way, kind of break the game. Okay. Um, I'm not like that. I just like to go. Hey, I want to play bigs, and I want to fly this B-wing and I want to have this Y-wing here. Can I do that? Cool. It's enough points. All right, I'm ready. Um, and there are other people, and I'm not saying it's bad. It's just you have to know who you're playing with. If they're going to be the type of person who's going to spend, you know, 15 hours, you know, doing all the math to come out with the absolute most maximized list, it'll be less fun to play against unless you were doing the same thing. So sure. yep. that's, I mean, it's how a lot of these these types of, of miniature games are, is that it's, it's very hard, especially as the game grows, for everything to remain balanced. So you have to understand who you're playing with. Are you playing someone for fun because you both like just the Star Wars universe and you want to blow some stuff up or are you playing to be more competitive? And as long as you know what you're doing ahead of time, it's great. But yeah. if you're trying to be casual and the guy across from you has, you know, a list that, you know, would, you know, easily qualify and do well in like the world's tournaments, it's less fun for you because, you know, it's not much fun when, you know, on turn two, you have all your ships blown up.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's... <clears throat> that's the interesting thing about X-Wing. And I'm usually not that much of a miniatures game guy, but there's something about Wings of War and and X-Wing that I truly enjoy. And part of that is really... <clears throat> trying to get into your opponent's head and try to anticipate what their next move is going to be and also, you know, each ship has its own uh range, it's got its own amount that it can turn. So I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of strategy, but it's a lot of getting into the other person's head to try to figure out, you know, what your next move should be. So it's yeah, it's a lot of fun. I really, <laughs> I really dig that.
0: Yeah. Well I think it, it's it's also it doesn't in a lot of ways it doesn't feel like a Mini's game.
1: No, it really doesn't.
0: It really doesn't I mean, partly partly because it it does move pretty quickly. It plays in a you know, I mean usually an hour is tops for most X Wing games. Yep. So um, and we have, a, we have a pretty dedicated group at my store that plays. Um, they just wrapped up one of their actual leagues that they were doing, or they're wrapping it up. I don't know if they wrapped it up. Last week or wrapped it up this week. But, uh, you know, we get, you know, 10 to 16 people in regularly. We hosted uh, – our, our sister store hosted a uh, regional event last year, had 96 people playing. So it's got a good following. So it's, it's easy to find people to play this one with as
1: well. Nice. And, you know, and having the appeal of being star Wars and being able to play, play a ship from, from that universe. It's
0: yeah. I mean, from what I hear, that's a pretty popular series of movies.
1: <laughs> that That's what they tell me. Um,
0: and they do have uh there was the original starter set and it's cheaper to get into than, than Armada. The original starter set is retails about $40. And most regular fighters are about 15 if you want to add on. They just released uh, last month a new core set. that's also $40 that has the new X-wing, the new tie fighters for the new movie coming out. Oh wow. The so fly is Poe.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Or poe
0: <coughs> <laughs> And You can have uh, BB as your astromech, which makes your ship so hard to blow up because you can repair a shield every turn. <laughs>
1: yeah. It, um, it It's really interesting the, the different benefits that each ships are capable of. And... Especially if you get, you can get a ship like the Millennium Falcon, or you can get the Millennium Falcon, and there is a difference between the two of them. So, I mean, you get the opportunity to play a ship kind of like one that you know, uh, but then you can also have the opportunity to play, you know, the actual Millennium Falcon or, you know, the Slave One or whatever. So it's, it is a lot of fun in that regard. Uh, What is your third and final game on your list? My
0: third and final one is Space Hulk. Um, I used to be a Warhammer 40K player. Then I found out that there are much better games made by companies that don't absolutely fucking hate you as a customer, (laughs) like Games Workshop seem to do. I mean, mind you, Space Hulk is still Games Workshop, but it is... A better version, I think, of the 40K universe because it's more compact. Part of One of the things I hate with, about 40K is the fact that, oh, you want to build an army? That'll be $1,000, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? That'll be $1,000. Mm-hmm. And you have to put it together, and you have to paint it, too. And then you have to spend $100 for just the rule book, and then 50 bucks for a codex for your army so you know what your guys do. So, you know... Eleven hundred and fifty dollars to get in, and then if you want some really nice stuff, eh, add a couple hundred more dollars on. And then you know we might change the rules. You know, in a year you have to buy another hundred dollar book. So, Space Hulk though is everything you need in one box, hundred fifty bucks, which is still a fair chunk of change. But uh, it is you are there's these old ships floating around in space called Space Hulks. These these giant derelict spaceships and you uh can either play as a squad of terminators which are like the big dudes in the power armor going on the space hulk or you can play as the gene sealers which are kind of like the starship trooper alien guys and you can play as one of those two groups and the, the terminators will have some specific mission they have to do they might have to blow up the the base or something They have something they have to accomplish all the Gene sealers care about doing is killing them so um, you get a little taste of that of that universe, you know. And it, there's just something about, you know, big guys in power and we're fighting, like, basically giant space bugs. That's kind of cool. Um, and I currently have it on my shelf, completely unassembled, because you still have to assemble the guys and paint them. But I have a friend who has a beautifully done set. There's a guy I I kind of know him. I've met him a few. I've been him well, like a dozen times. But I'm not good friends with him. But he's good friends of a friend of mine. His name is Sam Lenz. He has won, uh, he's a crystal brush winner uh, for painting. He's a golden demon winner. If there's an award for miniature painting, he's probably taken a gold, if not if not a silver, um, at some event. He's won money at Gen Con, he's won money at Adapticon, all the big gaming cons. He's won one event set because he's a very, very good painter. And He painted my friend's Space Hulk set. And, and I believe he called that one tabletop quality, which is like the lowest level you can do if you're a professional painter. And it's a billion times better than anything I could ever do. And that's his lowest level. So, and it's just, it's a fun game. It really is. And you know, it doesn't, you don't have to, it, you don't have to invest any extra money. You, you get everything you need. And it doesn't take five hours to play, it takes about an hour. Hour, hour and a half, so it's just fun. <laughs> and
1: yeah, you know, that's what it boils I down like, to.
0: I like blowing <laughs> things up, and I know a lot of people don't like the movie, but I like Starship Troopers. Um, I don't like the fact that it's not like the book, because the book is phenomenal as well. Starship Troopers are just one of those good popcorn flicks, and this lets you kind of play in that in that universe where you get to be the the badass space marines fighting the fighting the bugs or get to be the bugs gobbling up some space marine heads.
1: (laughs) All right. Then I think that will wrap it up for our space based games that we wanted to talk about. Uh, The majority of them are our favorites. Uh, Starfleet battles, not so much. But I know that there are some people listening to this who think I'm an idiot for not enjoying it. And to each their own.
0: I used to play it. Come and- on, play <laughs> <arms>. <laughs> ah,
1: and there you go.
0: I played it with two guys who who now hold advanced degrees in math.
1: <laughs> and yeah, see. With- yeah. I'm not wrong. It was, it
0: was good that they were there because I would never have understood what was going on without them.
1: I Yeah. And I, you know, and I was not, I'm still not all that good at math. And it was just like people check my stuff and I'm like, ah, yeah, okay, I'm off here. I'm off here and I need to change this. And it's just like, Pfft. had I stuck it out the entire summer, I probably would have gotten much better at math, but I took the lazy way out. Um, I'm more than willing to admit that. All right, we're going to start to wrap things up here. We're going to talk about Hello, My Name Is. It's your opportunity to tell us about your favorite character that you have or are currently playing. You know, maybe you are playing Fantasy Flight's uh, Star Wars RPG, maybe you're playing uh, or have played uh, Changeling from the 90s um, that Onyx Path is now breathing new life into with their new Kickstarter. <clears throat> We'd love to hear about those characters that you enjoyed playing. What you can do is you can go to galacticnetcasts.com and click on the Adventure Party page uh, podcast link, and there we have the. You now I need to set up probably a a bit.ly <laughs> link. Uh, to make it a little bit easier as another option for people to to check out. Um, but uh, you go to the Adventure Party page uh, the uh, on the podcast drop-down list, and there is a graphic there that says, Hello, my name is... You click that. We've got a short form for you to fill out. Just some basic information about yourself, about the character... Yes, we do ask for your email address, but we do that so that we can email you back a certificate of participation as appreciation for you taking the time to uh, uh, fill out the form in the first place. Uh, To those of you who uh, I haven't gotten your forms to, I just finished uh, teaching for this semester. uh, So uh, I will now be able to catch up on everything. So my apologies and uh, your certificates are coming very soon. So, hello, my name is. Please take a moment and uh, and let us know about your characters. Uh, you can find the Adventure Party by going to galacticnetcasts.com or you can shorten it up. You can go to gncasts.com. A little less typing to do. Uh, There you can find all of our social media outlets. We're on YouTube, uh, where you can see this show first. And also, now that I'm done teaching, I can catch up on getting all the audio podcasts out. I think we're only um, 22 episodes behind now. So, (laughs) Excuse me. So we'll get caught up on that. Um, Then you can also check out our... Gosh, we've got a Facebook group. Um, we're pretty active on, on the Facebook group, uh, sharing news stories throughout the day. And um, we've got a, a pretty tight-knit group of folks that, that comment throughout the day about sci-fi-related things that we, we, we throw out there for people to, to see and comment on. Um, you can catch uh, our audio podcasts on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you do, take a moment to give us a review and let us know what you think. If the show sucks, let us know. Um, And don't be brutal about it. You know, constructive criticism is really what we're going for. Uh, Your review, positive or negative, can help shape the show and make it a a little bit better. We're always looking to improve, to be better than we were the episode before. Uh, you can leave us feedback by emailing galacticnetcasts at gmail.com or you can call or text 805 328 3966. Again, 805 328 3966. And you can leave a verbal or a text message at that number. You can also go to gncasts.com and in the lower left hand side of the screen, you can see a link that says, leave us a message. And if you click that and you have a microphone attached to your computer, you can just leave a message that way. And our WordPress plugin will shoot that MP3 to us in an email and we can listen and discuss uh, what you have to say. We'd love to hear from you. Um, With that, I want to thank you, Glenn, for joining me once again uh, on this journey. Where can people find out more about you, what you do, and about Mistrunner?
0: You can find out more about me by coming to Milwaukee and finding me at the store I work at, Board Game Barrister in Bayshore Town Center. (laughs) Or, if you aren't one for traveling, you can find me on Facebook uh, just you can actually friend me I like friends uh, you can check out the BB bunker on YouTube on YouTube or on Facebook Mr. Trigger is on Facebook or mr.com or just follow me on Twitter erase your Brad's giggle at make it hobo
1: <laughs> I am I'm five what can I say uh, makes me laugh every time I hear it uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, at the adventure party. May your characters never die, and your adventures always be epic. Thank you, and good night.
0: You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's G-N-C-A-S-T-S dot com.